This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you viewing us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook can see Dwayne Long is not here today. Dwayne had some stuff to take care of, so we brought in the varsity. Pat Murphy is here. Pat, how goes it? It's good. I uh, batted for J-Book last Friday with Dave and now stepping in for Dwayne. I- I feel like uh, I feel like I don't do these guys the the service they deserve, but I'll give my best. Pat is a salaried employee, so he will get no extra dough for this appearance. Um, he's just paying his dues. Like we said, if you are watching this on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, you can ask us a question. We want to take them. Um, obviously, we're going to address. This is the first time I've been on here the Dwayne Haskins tragedy, but we are going to do that in the back half of the show. I'm sure a lot of you are, you know, have heard enough and are ready to move on and stuff. And if that's the case, that's fine. So we're going to put it at the end and we're going to talk football at the beginning, but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least go over at some point, our feelings on Dwayne. I haven't had a chance to share mine and Pat's going to let you know how Ryan day handled the situation so beautifully yesterday, but Let's attempt to ease into some football news, and what we hope will be some good news later today. At 6.30 p.m., class of 2023 running back Mark Fletcher will be committing. He is a big boy, Pat, and we are feeling pretty good because both Bill Curlick and Steve Wolfong have put in a crystal ball for him to come to Ohio State, which means he's actually probably taking classes. You've had a chance to talk to our recruiting guys. What's your vibe? I like this a lot. I mean, you know, number one, number eight running back in the country, get him out of Florida. Sounds like the Buckeyes are, are looking at two running backs in this class, but Fletcher seems to be kind of the, the bigger bruiser type of running back. We've seen that at Ohio State. Tony Alford tends to like to have, unless you get a Travion Henderson, have a, a rotation. And, and even now we see it with Mayan Williams and, and maybe Evan Pryor this year. So Fletcher seems to fit that role of, of the guy that can get you those tough yards, can, can, do his damage between the tackles. I like what I've seen from the videos. I like what I've heard from, from guys like Bill and, and some of the other recruiting guys at 247 who have seen this kid play. I think that, you know, you, you we talk a lot about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers that Ohio State's landed of late, but the running back train just keeps rolling. I mean, True. you know, the Buckeyes have done that for years and years, so it's nothing new. Maybe that's why we don't talk about it as much. But you know, Travion Henderson, kind of a different level of guy made it made it seem like Evan Pryor wasn't even in the class and, and he was the sixth running back in the country that year. So 
the, the train keeps rolling with, with the Buckeye running backs and, and this offense in general. And I like this Mark Fletcher pick. And I think they'll probably try and add another guy to kind of compliment him in this class. Yeah, the standard question when we talk about Fletcher is usually, what does this mean for Richard Young and the other guys? I don't think it means anything. No. I think they're looking at a two-back system. And I will say that Travion Henderson doing as well as he has so far in the NIL world has definitely aided things. Um, I was talking to Pat before the show. I think they see Fletcher as kind of a rich man's master Teague, almost your second back who can – you know, once uh, in the third quarter when the defense has taken a few punches, you can really pound him with Fletcher. And he's also got that size to be a tremendous blocker. I had Bill on here last week. And what Bill said, uh, the thing about him that really intrigues him is he's got great hands. So if you're looking for a third down guy, kind of, a, or a, not a, I want to call him a backup. He's too good for that. But in a two-back attack, I do think there's definitely some promise with Mark Fletcher. 6.30 p.m., live on CBS Sports, and if you're a Buckeyes fan, I'd be tuned in then if you want some good news. And I think, too, gonna, go ahead. I think too, real quick, just if you can afford it in each class, why would you not take two backs? You know, if one True. doesn't pan out, but, you know, you're, you're just increasing your odds that you have a have a future star there. So if you have the scholarship room, why not take two if, if there's two that are really interested? And, look, we, we saw what happened at this position, you know, one injury or yeah. one – you know, pandemic can really throw your roster into a tizzy. And uh, that happened with, you know, Mayan Williams missed a bowl game. So I've always felt Ohio State should have a stable of backs, all three of which should be ready to hit the NFL at some point. And I do think that's the case with Fletcher. Uh, If your second back is eighth, um, that's a good job. Yeah. One of the things we've been asked to do is contribute to some projects across the network. And yesterday we were, asked to name three breakout players for Ohio State in camp and coming this fall. So we all had a discussion of it, and then it gave Pat and I an excuse to talk about it on the show. We came up with three names, Pat, three well-known names, but three guys who are ready to take it to that next level. So bring the noise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's three guys everyone's heard of that, that pays attention. JT Tuomalau, Jack Sawyer. Marvin Harrison, two defensive ends, though Though Jack Sawyer may jump into that Jack position, that Leo position in Jim Knowles' defense, and then obviously Marvin Harrison on the offensive side, the wide receiver. But these three guys are all going to have much bigger roles this year, and that's why I think when we were discussing it, we saw them as potential breakout guys, even though they're, they're already somewhat well-known names. I mean, JT Tuomalau played a good amount of snaps last year, but just wasn't completely ready to produce the level I think he can. Remember, the kid showed up in – July to be ready for a season that started in September. So he's going to take a step. I I firmly believe that Jack Sawyer, another year in the program. I've interviewed Jack face to face twice, once at Ohio state's career day and once at, at normal interviews, he's just significantly bigger. And that was already a big kid. You can tell another year in the McMurati system has really taken his, his physical abilities to the next level. And I think wherever they use him on this defense, he's going to make an impact this year, help the defensive line, help the linebackers, whatever the, the situation is with that Jack position. Or if he just lines up as, as a regular defensive end, he's, he's very talented at doing that. Sure. And Marvin Harrison, people heard about him. You know the name because of what his dad did in the NFL, but you saw what he can do in this offense, complimenting Jackson Smith and Jigba and whoever that other receiver is, whether it be Julian Fleming and Mecca Buka. You've heard about Cameron Babb, other guys. Marvin Harrison, three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl and, and impressive catches. 
The kid just looks good. While we're doing interviews a lot of times, the receivers or, or some guys are working behind the interviews on the Woody Hayes Athletic Center field. And Marvin Harrison is out there catching passes almost every day after practice with a machine, with other guys. You can tell he's just knows how to work on his craft. He's getting better. I'm really excited for the weapon that he will be for, for CJ Stroud this fall. Definitely helps when you go for pointers to uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison, senior Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning for how to prepare for football. I'm sure Marvin had a little bit of a leg up on those who didn't have that hall of fame pedigree. The d- defensive linemen are the ones who, who intrigue me because I think when Ohio state, if you look, when we are really a threat to win the national championship, one of those werewolves has been on the edge, be it Chase Young, be it, you know, the Bosa brothers. That gives you a different, just a different vibe on third down. I really, now I realize uh, a lot of college football is going to a quick passing game and the idea of a 4-3 defensive end getting home all the time is difficult, but they just did not get enough pressure on the quarterback last year. Do you think JT and Jack would usurp the Zach Harrisons of the world? Do you see this as them being starters? How do you see that working out? That's a good question. I, I'm really interested in Zach Harrison because we keep hearing all this great leadership talk and how he's taking another step. But we heard that last year and, and the production still wasn't there. So the opportunity is certainly there for, for JTT. JT2 and Malau. I know he doesn't like being called that, but it's just a force of habit. Jack Sawyer. Look, Larry Johnson will get the best out of these guys. We know that. And now you've got this new defensive scheme, which I think will help in terms of the coverage behind these guys. And maybe, as you said, kind of limit some of the quick passing that they can do. I think that there's a good chance that you see both of these guys step into, you know, those big roles that we've seen, you know, Joey and Nick Bosa both had big steps. Nick got hurt his sophomore year, or I guess it was his junior year, but Nick took a step his sophomore year. Chase Young took a step his sophomore year. This is the time for these guys and the opportunities there. You know, Zach Harrison is, is really the only name. I, there's certainly depth guys and, and guys like Tyler Friday coming back and, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, who I think will have a role, but you've got two future stars, maybe even guys who will be stars. So yeah, I think they will, I don't know if they usurp Zach Harrison in terms of who starts games, if that matters at all, but certainly I think they will have a significantly bigger role. And by the end of the season, these will be household names. I think both of them will be. Listen, based on their ranking, they should be, this is where they should be producing this year and they should be I mean, they were the best defensive end combo in one class that they've had rankings wise. It's time for them to dominate. And everything we've heard is is that that's going to happen. So we are optimistic about that. So here's what we're going to do. We talked before the show that we were going to do Dwayne Haskins at the end. First, we're going to take the questions that have come from our users. Then we'll take a break and then we will give our thoughts on the tragedy. All right. From Ed Rogers, one of our best, Patrick. Is Ed Rogers delusional in believing that the young men on the defensive line and offensive line will be exponentially better than last season? Well, we talked defensive line a little bit there with the ends. I think that's just having those two guys as as second-year players, and JT Tuomalau and Jack Sawyer will, will help. And then you got the guys in the middle, and Teron Vincent, who's a hungry guy after getting to really play for the first time last year, Jerron Cage. There's a number of guys, I think, the depth there is is what's going to make this defensive line much better. Ryan Day called this the strength of the defense already this spring, and he doesn't tend to just throw stuff like that out. He's certainly seen something in practice. We've heard good things. So I think that's, that's going to be good on the defensive line. The offensive line, 
that starting five, maybe six is good, really good, and, and could be great. I'm worried if they have to go to the depth. And I just don't know if there are guys that are ready, if there's an injury or two, you know, you don't have that maybe Matthew Jones who can step in at a couple positions because now Matthew Jones is going to be a starter. So I think this offensive line is going to be really good if, if those five, and by that I mean Paris Johnson, Matthew Jones, Luke Whipler, Donovan Jackson, and uh, Dewan Jones are, are your guys out there every week. That's a great group. And then you need to develop that depth. Now they have plenty of time to do that. They're still – a week, a little, a little under a week left to spring. You've got all off season, then you've got preseason camp. So there's plenty of time to continue to develop that. But you'd like to have seen more kind of dogs show up on that offensive line right now. And right now it's those first five and then a lot of question marks. So I would say I expect the defensive line to take a big jump and the offensive line, if healthy, to be just as good, if not better than last year. But the health thing is a factor for sure on the offensive line right now. Defensive line-wise, if you see Mike Hall – or Tyleek Williams in contention for all conference honors. I think the defensive line will have had a great season, but they do need, in my opinion, one of the defensive tackles. I don't know who it is to step up and have an all conference caliber season on the offensive line. I completely agree. I love the way the starting five looks. My hope is they can finally, not finally, or get back to being able to run the ball in short yardage and also run the ball when the other team knows it's coming. That's an underrated thing at Ohio State that I think we've taken for granted for a long time, and last year it did not happen. Uh, Third and one, third and two was a gimme. Um, Maybe it's the quarterback run issue that they didn't use as much with CJ, et cetera, but we've got to get back to the – at Ohio State, third and two has to be first down, and it was not last year. All right, let's move on. Next question. Oh, Ben Atkins is coming from for the spring game, Pat, and he wants to know the must – Go to restaurants. What's the pizza place we used to go to all the time on the on the side of, right on the head end of town on a lane? It's Hellwagon's go to oh, spot. Tommy's. 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 Yeah, Tommy's is great. Um, the the burger joint down in um, what's it called? Uh, it's got the giant burgers. I'll think of it. Um, there's uh, this this was one I was not prepared to end. There's going to be a crowd. Okay, that's yeah. what we can tell you. When you, If you're coming for the spring game and the weather is good, get, be ready to get in line. But there's plenty of places to eat. Uh, let's see here. From Sue, our number one fan, wonder what you think about a running back coming in this spring. Dallin Hayden, where does he fit? Boy, I'd be surprised if Dallin, uh, I'll take this, got a lot of touches early on in his career. There is a very deep uh, running back room. You're talking about three guys in Travion Henderson, Maya Williams, and Evan Pryor that could probably start on any team in the Big Ten, and yeah. you'd be comfortable with that. So if you're the fourth guy behind that, man, I'm not sure where you fit in. Do you agree? I do. I do. I think it's just tough to come in in the, the summer and, and really make an impact. We mentioned JT to him allowed, did it last year, coming in late, but a lot of the guys that you see make an impact in their first fall are guys that spent all offseason – in Columbus, getting getting in the gym with Mickey Marathi, going through spring practice, um, and especially if you come into a position that already has depth, like you mentioned, Dan. Also, Thurman's Cafe—that was the burger place. Thurman's Cafe, people, and Tommy's Pizza. Yeah, get there early. Yeah, for sure. Israel Sharp, a man of my own flavor, talking about Mike Hall there. All right, here we go. Little Michael Meyer. Let's hope he's not a Halloween <laughs> fan. 
<laughs> Too easy. Low-hanging fruit. So who has a better year, more touchdowns and yards next season, Marvin Harrison or Mecca Egbuka? You go first. I think it'll be Marvin just because I think the opportunity will be bigger for him. I think they're still going to use Jackson Smith and Jigba some in the slot and either Marvin and Julian Fleming or if Cam Babb's healthy. Uh, we've heard good things about Jaden Ballard on the other outside position. So I think Emeka will see significantly more time. And obviously he has his special teams roles. But I just think with Jackson back this year, that'll limit some of the snaps. I think two years is when Emeka really breaks out and mm-hmm. takes over that slot position. Um, plus, you know, you're on the outside. You get some of those down in the red zone looks that we saw in the Rose Bowl. I think Marvin will, will lead that. But that doesn't mean that Emeka won't have a good season because I really think he will. Agreed. Um statistically I would bet on Marvin Harrison. If I were betting long-term who gets picked first in the draft, I'll go with Mecca Egbuka. I've seen some things in, from him in practice that he almost is like uh, more in the Olave Wilson yeah. mold and that I just think he can do a little bit of everything. Could probably play all three positions, return kicks. So you see, so he's, he's just a super talented guy, super intelligent, high hopes for him completely. Thoughts on this? He'd like to uh, be devil 11 would like to hear how Luke Whippler is progressing as his second year as a starter at center. Not the easiest thing to pick up, but definitely a young leader. Absolutely. And, and CJ Stroud talked to us last week. Ryan Day kind of started this conversation, mentioned it a little bit. And CJ was asked about it, just how smart Luke Whippler is. And, and CJ said sometimes he's too smart because he'll correct him on things, you know, from this looking at it from the center position where CJ can see a bit more. And uh, so sometimes in practice, they have to have to go back and forth. But CJ said he really enjoys having Luke Whippler as a center. He said he's continued to to learn the position. Obviously, last year, I mean, a first year starter stepping in game one after uh, Harry Miller was out. So, you know, with, with what he was able to do last year, now you build upon that. I think you've got a really nice combination there in the middle of that offensive line with with. Uh, CJ Stroud and then Luke Whippler snapping him the ball, recognizing things. This, this is going to be a good one for sure. You know, people look back at last season and try and project this season and the offense was so good at the end of the year. We tend to talk about the defense getting better rather than the offense getting better. But if you consider the fact that CJ Stroud started last season without ever throwing a pass, right. the center was Luke Whippler. Remember, cause he stepped in for Harry Miller as a freshman, the tailback was Trayvon Henderson who never played a college game. Just those guys coming back for another year and knowing where the coffee machine is on day two, I think makes a huge difference. Uh, Whipler was all, if you talk to Whipler, he's also one of those guys, when you speak to him, he's just kind of a more of a wise beyond his years type. Absolutely. Kind of a, a more of a world. I don't know. It's just, he's a really intelligent kid. Um, and it's not surprising that he did as well as he did, but still you have to assume they're going to be better just because of what they've seen. And by the way, they were pretty good last year. Right. Haven't heard much about the kickers. We're not going to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No news is good news there. Exactly. Michael Helderman. will get the last question before we change topics here. Go bucks. Agreed. Do you anticipate CJ Stroud running more this year? I noticed in a few spring practices, he was doing so your thoughts. I don't know about more. I think if, if the situation calls for it, and you saw in the Michigan game, it, now that play got called back for a hold, but he met, had, I think it was like a 10-yard run for a touchdown in the, I want to say the third quarter of the Michigan game. CJ will run when CJ needs to run. It's, it's like Haskins a little bit, and Haskins was a little bit more willing to do it. 
But I think in, in big games, if they need it against Notre Dame, if they need it against Michigan at the end of the year, he'll, he'll do it when he needs to. But I don't anticipate – he doesn't want to – we know that. He doesn't want to run. He wants to throw the ball. So I don't know if I'd say more, but I think he will be more comfortable doing it when it's called upon when it's there than maybe he was early last season. You know, doesn't want to get hurt, doesn't want to lose his spot, those type of things. Now he knows he's the guy. So I think he'll be more willing to. But I don't think you're going to see him run for – 10, 15 yards against, you know, the Akrons of the world or anything like that, just because it's there. I think he'll save that for the big moments. Yeah. Justin Fields was a unique football player, arguably the most talented guy at quarterback physically ever to play for Ohio state. I don't know if people remember this. His physical doppelganger was the tight end, Evan Ingram. So keep this in mind when Justin Fields broke the pocket, He's a tight end running down the field. CJ is not built like that, though. I will say another year in mix strength program, he'll be more durable and they do have two high quality backups behind him. Um, It's not like the case where Justin Fields was in a glass box half the season and would, you know, break in terms of of necessary traffic. So now we expect great things out of those dudes. All right. We're going to take a break here for those of you listening to the podcast and we're going to come back and deal with what we have to deal with. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back. Pat, yesterday, Ryan Day eloquently, you know, addressed the media on the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins. Just an unbelievable gut punch to everyone who's ever had any contact with him over the weekend. You know, Ryan Day seems like a quality guy. And I guess we will never know for sure what someone's like behind closed doors, but in another test of kind of his, you know, intestinal fortitude and character, I thought he uh, really represented the program. Well, absolutely. And and I was told from Jerry Emig, the SID afterwards, this was Ryan's idea. He wanted to get up and talk about Dwayne. This wasn't something he was coerced into doing by the powers that be at Ohio state. He, he suggested a press conference to, to give his thoughts and take some questions because he, he wanted to honor Dwayne. So props to him for that. And just the way he handled it. I mean, if you go back, watch the video on, on Bucknuts, you can tell there's, there's a lot of emotions there. He talked about how his son RJ had bonded with Dwayne. Dwayne took him to a basketball game and explaining to, to RJ what had happened and, and things like that. You know, he made the comment that he's a 40 some year old man. He can't imagine what 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds are, are dealing with trying to process this when he's not even sure how to handle the situation you know, talked about just how Dwayne helps shape what they're doing right now. I wrote that last night, just the, the way the offense is moving. And, and maybe that's not the most important thing when, when you're talking about a, a guy passing, but if you're going to remember 
what Dwayne Haskins was at Ohio State. I mean, he transformed that offense. It, it wasn't run up the middle with JT Barrett, run off tackle with JT Barrett anymore. It was let's throw the ball. And you don't get Justin Fields. You don't get CJ Stroud. You don't get any of these guys. If you don't have that 2018 season, you may not even still have Ryan Day if, if they don't have that offensive production. Gene Smith may start to look elsewhere. So CJ was was transformative on the field. Sorry, Dwayne was transformative on the field. He was a great dude off the field. I thought Steve Hellwagon's story on Saturday, talking about Dwayne as, as a human, the smile that that everyone remembers was fantastic. And, and Ryan really captured that too. Just Dwayne in the locker room and the way he embraced his teammates. I heard somebody the other day on the radio talking about how, you know, despite being the third string quarterback in Pittsburgh, you go look on his Instagram, he's taking pictures, videos with the starters. You know, that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. The third string guy usually isn't one of the more popular guys. So you, you could hear that in Ryan's voice, the the emotion that, that you know, comes with something like that. And, and the fact that Dwayne was just this popular guy for his three years at Ohio State really, really shone through with, with everything that came out over the weekend, but especially from what Coach Day talked about. Yeah, like I said, if you don't want to hear someone wax, you know, poetic here and, and talk, what may go a little longer than you'd like on Dwayne, please feel free to sign off. But I was going to share what, what I remember about Dwayne and that, you know, you guys have were on the beat and got to know him a little bit, but I actually met Dwayne in the uh, summer of 2016. Dwayne attended the Bullis school in Potomac, Maryland. Someone in my family has attended Bullis school basketball camp for probably the last two decades my wife's house is exactly one mile the guy she, from Bullis. The rehearsal dinner for my wedding was directly across the street from Bullis. So I know where he's from. Ironically, he's originally from South Brunswick, New Jersey. And I went to boarding school in New Jersey. And my best friend was from South Brunswick, New Jersey. So I went to many a party there and. I know the people from South Brunswick. So I always felt I had this kind of weird connection, Dwayne. So the summer of 2016, anybody who's been to Bullis camp that's listening to this, it is actually a big tradition in the DMV. It's probably the most well-attended camp in the area. It used to make the coach there so much money that they were able to keep a great coach for a long period of time. Two of the other counselors at the basketball camp were Derek Tangelo, who played nose tackle for Penn State this past year, and Justin Heron, who plays for the Patriots and provided me sweet boarding house items on Isaiah Prince at the time because they were close. But Dwayne was uh, a counselor at the football camp next door and at the time was committed to Maryland. For those of you guys who remember this, Ohio State recruited him really early and wanted him to commit. And even though it was his dream school, he still wanted to go through the recruiting process Ohio State moved on, and he committed to Maryland. Those of you who remember, he flipped with Keandre Jones basically on signing day, and it was a huge deal. But there's a tradition at Bullis that I'm not sure exists other places. These things called clay boys. Now, there's a, a guy who's been coming there for years. It's like an Italian ice stand, and everyone goes and stands in line afterwards and gets it after camp. It's about 100 degrees out there, and there are bees everywhere, and it's like the 1970s reincarnated. And I looked at my, my sons were in line. I looked at the end of the line as Dwayne Haskins. So the first thing I did was pretend to snap a picture of my boys and get Dwayne in the picture. And I thought I was really clever. When I went and looked at the picture, 
uh, about an hour later, he's staring directly at me. I will put that picture in the thread. I thought I had, it was so clandestine and cool. He totally busted me. And it's actually pretty funny. But I went over and spoke to him afterwards. And the one thing that rang true about Dwayne that more than, and I've covered a million high school athletes. I'm not sure I ever discussed the future with someone who knew where they were going more than Dwayne. And you've heard of that. This is a guy who wanted to be a division one football player and quarterback for a long, long time. You can read articles about the South Brunswick high school coach shutting down the gym one night and hearing the squeaks in the, in the, uh, in the gym. And he went in there and is a fourth grader throwing dimes to his dad. And it was Dwayne. Now the coach never got a chance to get him in there because Dwayne went to a different high school, but I had a long conversation with Dwayne. And the first question I asked him was, do you still answer the phone? And he said, it depends who's calling. <laughs> and I said, who calls the most? And believe it or not, he said, Florida and Alabama. And we had a discussion about those squads. And then I said, okay, what about Ohio state? And he said, listen, if Ohio state calls, I will always answer. That's my dream school. You're talking about a guy standing in the state of Maryland, you know, committed to Maryland, still saying Ohio state was his dream school. And I remember leaving there being like, man, you know, we finally, there's this pocket passer. And, and I went and watched him a little bit at camp and seeing Dwayne throw in person was a revelation. The people who said he has a decent arm, I'm just telling you, for a high school kid, and, and I don't think anyone remembers this, Urban Meyer said he was the most beautiful throw of the football he'd ever seen in high school. It was just, it was such a pretty thing to watch. And also among high school kids, when you see a guy doing this, it's just such a beautiful display of talent. You know, he was, he was cordial. He was a sweet kid. He was such a pleasant guy. He was like a Pied Piper around the kids. And... For someone to lose their life at 24 years old, I have three children and a, my eldest is 20. It's impossible to even get your mind around. I mean, I, that, that news of that ilk, it, 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 it rocks you, man. And, you know, my condolences go out so extremely to his family. You know, the stuff Dwayne's not going to get to do. He's not going to get to, you know, go to a daddy-daughter dance or see his son play football or any of that. Or his parents aren't going to get to see his children and just it's an absolutely awful and tragic situation. So, you know, hug your kids, hug your family and realize that these guys are, are athletes, but they're people, man. Every one of these guys has a life and a family and everybody comes from somewhere. You know, we talk about this, but most of these guys at Ohio state, by the time you see them at Ohio state, they're almost celebrities already, but these were just kids at some point from a family and a peewee program. And, you know, the people around them have been have had something taken away from them that's just so you can't be replaced and it's tragic. And so, you know, I'm thankful that I got to meet Dwayne and thankful that, you know, the Ohio State family got a chance to experience him as a person. We all know how great of a player he was, but, you know, our hearts will always be heavy. And like we said, um, Pat, and they're supposed to be whatever dedication they could do to him couldn't be enough. Yeah, agreed. Agreed with everything you said there. Very, very well said. All right. We hope you guys have a great day and uh, hug your family.
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.